The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Every time a missile misses its target, a train derails, or a faulty airbag fails to save a life, we wonder whether these failures, which can sometimes reach catastrophic proportions, are caused by a counterfeit part that may have infiltrated the supply chain. Welcome to People to People, working together for your safety with host Stan Salat. Stan has the answers to your questions on protecting yourself and the safety of your loved ones, including your pets. Don't miss out. Now, here is Stan Salat. Hello and welcome to People to People, working together for your safety. I'm your host, Stan Salat. Our show today is the Aging Aircraft and Sustainability, Airworthiness uh, and Sustainability Conference, Australia Tackles Counterfeits Plus. Uh, aircraft and ocean vessels designed for 20 years, uh, 20 years of use are now over 40 years old and still in active service. Understanding the risk associated with this reality is a full-time job for professionals in the military, commercial, and private sectors. These professionals are faced with everything from the obvious aging of the structure to obsolete electronics and hardware components. Making the management task more difficult are those that would try to profit from the sale of counterfeit parts. Failure of a critical component in an airplane or submarine has a much greater risk than the failure of your refrigerator or clothes washer. On today's show, I'll be talking with my guest, Richard Gauntlet, Director of Aging Aircraft and Sustainability Australia. We'll discuss what it takes to keep the Australian fleet of airplanes and sea vessels maintained and free of counterfeit parts. Before we get started here, I'd like to recognize our uh, sponsors, the folks who help make these shows possible. We have uh, two platinum sponsors, Business and Quality Process Management, LLC. Uh, BQPM provides consulting services in quality management, business management, as well as implementation of detection mitigation systems for counterfeiting. Uh, and the hazardous substance safe uh, tool sets, if you will, or systems put in place to limit or restrict hazardous substances from products, uh, particularly in the consumer industry. Secure Components is another one of our platinum sponsors. The Secure Components LLC, the first company in the world to achieve the uh, IECQ, the International Certification for Detection and Mitigation of Counterfeit uh, Products, uh, Components. You can find Secure Components at www.securecomponents.com. They specialize in helping their customers find obsolete and hard-to-find parts. We have bronze sponsors, uh, 
They are C-Trends, supply chain specialists at www.ctrends.com. Concord Components uh, Incorporated, www.concordcomponents.com. Aircraft Airworthiness and Sustainment Conference. Uh, the folks uh, actually represented by uh, today on the show with uh, Richard. You can find them at www.agingaircraft.com.au, and that's aging with an E. They spell it differently down under, as you might imagine. And we'll talk to Richard about that in a minute. And Lansdale Semiconductor, Inc. Uh, Lansdale specializes in actually remanu- or manufacturing uh, obsolete electronic compo- components, uh, semiconductors. Uh, they are a company that specializes in buying the licenses to manufacture parts after they've gone obsolete. You can find them at www.lansdale.com. Now, without further ado, I want to get us talking with Richard Gauntlet. Richard Gauntlet is a is the director of Aging Aircraft Australia, Pty Ltd., a founding member of Boeing in Queensland in 1990. He has a technical background of over, and I'll say this quietly, Richard, 40 years in the aerospace industry. His contributions within the industry in the field of aging aircraft management include creating collaborative relationships to jointly identify and respond to fleet aging, airworthiness, and sustainment challenges. Mr. Gauntlet studied electrical engineering at Queensland University of Technology and has an advanced certificate in electronics uh, aircraft communication systems. All around, he is one fabulous guy, a scholar amongst the many that are out there, and somebody who I have gotten to know over the last few years. And uh, Richard, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Stan. Thank you for that intro, and uh, thank you for your kind invitation to have me on the show. And uh, I'm glad the Aussie accents didn't put you off last time. Uh, no, and no, and uh, we actually did hear back from a few folks, and they actually understood you. So, <laughs> from that standpoint, uh, that that accent of yours, uh, someday we'll teach you how to speak proper English. But in the meantime, um, we, we can uh, we can certainly understand each other. Now, how's how's the weather down under? Oh, by the way, I guess for the sake of folks listening, uh, just to to help folks out, I'm I'm actually coming to you live from uh, Eugene, Oregon, and Richard is coming to you live. And correct me if I'm not wrong, but it's Brisbane, uh, Australia. Yes, we're in, I'm just outside Brisbane, actually Ipswich, is about 25 miles away. Okay, and it's pretty cool here this morning. It's about uh, four degrees uh, Celsius, but it's uh, warming up nicely now. To uh, I think we're heading for about. Uh, 20, 21 degrees today, oh, about wow. 70 Fahrenheit. Yeah, almost warm. <laughs> uh, well, let, let's get let's get started, uh, Richard, and and talk about uh, what is um, aging aircraft, aircraft airworthiness, and sustainability. What is all of all of this? We, we like to acronym it to AA and S. So. 
maybe you could help the audience, our audience, understand what we're talking about today. Sure. And yes, it is quite a mouthful. Uh, it used to be known as the Aging Aircraft Conference, um, as did your U.S. conference, and um, the name was changed to Aircraft Airworthiness and Sustainment uh, several years back um, in the U.S., uh, and we changed ours to sort of stay in line with it and just to show uh, the, the ongoing relationship we've had over many years. We just added the Australia to ours. So, um, okay, what's it about? It, it brings The conference brings together the, the, the aircraft sustainment, sustainment community to, uh, to share knowledge and to jointly respond to some of these um, airworthiness and sustainment and ageing aircraft issues. Um, the new aircraft are pretty expensive, so we're keeping our aircraft in service for longer. And, of course, this brings up a whole lot of uh, challenges with that as systems age. And uh, when you consider that about 70% of the life, life cycle cost of the fleet is taken up in sustainment, uh, that's a lot of money over a lot of years. Yes, so, it uh, is. So that's what it's about. And, and what, um, if you could give the audience a feel for uh, who who gets involved in this from a from a conference, and perhaps not just a conference, but when I say involved, I mean is this is this just uh, certain airlines? Is it just certain military, or is does it go broader than that? Um, we try to combine as much as possible the military and the civilian aviation environments to get as much uh, cross-flow as possible. Um, so the typical attendees, uh, we're about, uh, about 40 to 50% of military, and uh, we have um, the civilian aviation community, especially our CASA people, which is the equivalent to your FAA, we have um, industry, some general aviation, we have um, scientists, academics, um, logisticians, managers, operators, maintainers. So there's a good cross-section um, of the aviation community. And, and I assume this is an activity that goes on all year in some ways. I mean, obviously the conference is limited to certain period of time, but... Aging uh, aircraft and sustainability is uh, something that is being done every day, I assume. Um, absolutely, yes. And, uh, th yes, the conference itself is a, a three-day event. But um, um, I try and I have some other activities going on in the background as well, some campaigns, if you like. Um, the count of it, of course, being one of them that's... Uh, very much an aging aircraft queue. Okay. And uh, I also know that you participate in the U.S. Uh, AANS conference. It, it happens a couple of months prior, I believe, each year. Uh, that's right. And we've been, um, I, I come out there each year and uh, see what's happening in your U.S. fleets and uh, speak to a whole group of people and uh, learn about what's going on. Your fleets are slightly larger than ours. 
very slightly. <laughs> just, just a little bit, huh? <laughs> I, I worked out recently that our our military fleet would be roughly about four percent the size of your the size of yours, and I think our commercial was about three percent. So um, there's lots that you're doing that we can learn from. Right, and, and not all your fleet comes from relationships with the U.S., but some of it does, as I recall. I, yes. Sorry, I didn't quite catch all that question. You were breaking up. Yes, I, I was saying that, uh, as I recall from our discussions in past uh, conferences, some of the fleet is actually uh, joint, um, or I'm not sure what the right political term is, but we supply you with some of the fleet uh, through procurement processes, but some of it is from other uh, countries. Uh, is that correct or am I incorrect? Um, that's right. Our, uh, I mean, we, we, don't, we don't build too many aircraft in Australia, so uh, we, we, our fleets come from overseas. Most of them are U.S., but other countries also. Um, so the joint work between uh, the U.S. and what you're doing is uh, not only important, but it's it also is part of the ongoing sustainability uh, activities. For sure. Um, look, sorry, Stan, you were breaking, breaking up again. Breaking up again, yes. Uh, sorry about that. Um, I was commenting that the, the ongoing sustainability, uh, the efforts of the U.S. since the aircraft – in this case, are joint uh, purchased from U.S. through U.S. processes. What we do is affects what you do. Um, that's right, and uh, and that works really well. Um, and we we try and keep the configuration of the aircraft, and we work in similar configurations as well, which provides cost savings amongst the various country users. And our sustainment um, techniques and programs, uh, there's a lot of sharing there as well. We touched on this. You actually touched on it, Britt, but I, I want to come back to this just briefly. Um, am I correct that your focus, uh, the focus of the conference and the work you're doing specifically, is primarily on military equipment? And if it's if it's not, what what all is considered by your group of experts? Um, it's a lot of it is military, and that's simply the the way it works out. Um, we there are two different industries, if you like. Um, there's a lot of a concentration on the military, certainly. Our civilian fleets over here. Um, they're quite often just leased fleets. So the airline will lease them for, I don't know what it is, say eight years, ten years, and then hand them back. So as far as they're concerned, a lot of it is just straight maintenance out of the manual. Um, so we don't get quite the attendance from the civilian community as we, we'd like to. Um, we, we encourage it where we can so that there's as, there is as much cross-flow as possible, but it would be true to say that the, I guess the much of the conference is centred around the military. And at the same time, the, the issues that military aircraft, uh, particularly aircraft in this case, 
would you consider them, from your expertise, uh, the the parts of the uh, aging that you're familiar with? Do you see those as being similar, whether it's military aircraft or uh, commercial, or is there really a difference between the commercial and the military aircraft? Um, you say the parts in particular. I was thinking of the parts uh, particular that that you personally have been involved with. Uh, I know there's a lot of parts on there, and you're not you may not be involved with the the tires, but <laughs> for those that you are involved with, uh, I'm trying to get a feel and help the audience understand: is what happens in military aircraft really the same as what happens in commercial? Or are they unique in that the commercial works in a different world, so it it really is not the same? I think there are um, a number of differences. You're looking at um, fleets being flown in different manners, um, and you can imagine, you know, you, you don't generally do dogfights in a 747. Um, so yeah, the, <laughs> thank goodness for that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. So the military fleets operate in a more extreme environment for many reasons um, than the the commercial focus, which is very much a needing to take uh, passengers from A to B as quickly and safely as possible, and of course as cheaply as possible because it's very much a business focus as well. Okay. Uh, Richard, we need to take a short break for station radio station identification and uh, give our sponsors a chance to uh, share what they do. So if you'll stay with me, we'll be right back. Folks, don't go away. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Secure Components is proud to be the first independent distributor certified to the Department of Defense adopted AS6081 counterfeit avoidance standard. Our clients view us as partners in counterfeit avoidance because we share our source of supply. We have earned their trust to procure electronic and mechanical components specifically when their requirements are obsolete or unavailable from authorized sources. Visit SecureComponents.com today to learn why the largest aerospace defense and technology companies in the world partner with Secure Components. Does your company support U.S. government contracts? What have you done since May of 2014 to comply with the Department of Defense's DFARS requirements? These rules have changed the way all members of the supply chain procure electronic components and conduct business. Failure to comply can subject your organization to unquantifiable legal and financial liability. Visit SecureComponents.com to learn how the first AS6081 certified company leverages this new standard to support your need for obsolete electronics. Did you know that hazardous substances and counterfeit material can be in everything we buy? From new clothing, cars, toys, power cords, and charging units, to your garden hose and the drywall in your home. 
Did you know that many of these toxins or counterfeits have been found to cause infertility, birth defects, autism, obesity, and diabetes, which can be passed down from parents to children? It's nearly impossible to know the ingredients in these products, yet Stan Salat Jr., author and creator of the not-for-profit HSF Mark Alliance and Counterfeit Avoidance Mark Alliance, believes that consumers have the right to know the type and amount of hazardous materials in the products we buy. Are you a retailer, a manufacturer, a manager, and a person who cares about the safety of the products you sell and buy? Protect your assets, your job, and your family now. Tell Stan that you want his help. Contact BQPM today. Visit our website at www.bqpm.com or call toll-free 877-415-0191. BQPM.com. Together, we are working for your safety. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. This is People to People, working together for your safety. If you have a question or comment about the program, please send an email to Stan at stansalot.com. Again, that's Stan at stansalot.com. Now, back to People to People. Welcome back to People to People, working together for your safety. I'm your host, Stan Salat. Our show today is AANS Conference Australia Tackles Counterfeit Plus. AANS stands for Aircraft Airworthiness and Sustainability. Aircraft, as I mentioned, is at the be at the Top of the show, aircraft and ocean vessels designed for 20 years use are now over 40 years old and still in active service. Understanding the risk associated with this reality is a full-time job for professionals in the military, commercial, and private sectors. The professionals, these professionals are faced with everything from obvious aging of the structure to obsolete electronic and hardware components. Making the management task more difficult are those that would try to profit from the sale of counterfeit components. Failure of a critical component in an airplane or a submarine has a much greater risk than the failure of, your, of a component in your refrigerator or your clothes washer. We're talking with Richard Gondlet, Director of Aging Aircraft and Sustainability Australia. And our discussion is focused on the aging aircraft in the Australian fleet of uh, airplanes and sea vessels. And what does it really take to manage those and what efforts are being taken or need to be taken to assure both counterfeit um, free and uh, there's a whole issue around hazardous substance, particularly lead-free components, which aren't really the best thing to do with with some aircraft. And uh, perhaps I can talk a little bit about that, Richard, as we go forward. But um, again, welcome back, Richard, and thank you very much for being on the show today. Well, thank you, Stan. Thank you for having me. And welcome back to our listening audience. Uh, uh, hopefully we're uh, providing information that's of interest to you and uh, beneficial to what you're doing. Um, 
as we were talking just before the break, we were talking about uh, the aircraft, the types of aircraft, and specifically I'd asked you about is there really a difference between commercial aircraft and uh, military type? And uh, one of the points being made that you had made is if we don't often see 747s, if, if we've ever seen a 747 in a dogfight or a combat situation uh, that would warrant uh, the kind of stress on the aircraft that uh, jet fighters have, by all means, uh, th- there is a significant difference there. Um, without, and I'm going to say this carefully, Richard, w- without admitting that, that you and I are a day or two past tw- the age of 29, uh, uh, how, how would you describe the changes that have taken place in the maintenance of aging aircraft uh, and other equipment in this industry during your activities in the industry? That's think, probably a loaded question, but <laughs> let's see where it goes. It, it could go a long way. It could cover <laughs> a lot of <laughs> um We've learned a lot over the years, especially the last 20 years or so, uh, as we keep our aircraft in service longer, we've learned about the aging process and we've been doing things to uh, to make it better. Um, so we know more about structural testing and we, we, we're modifying the aircraft to extend their life, the life of the airframes. We're testing and replacing aging wiring, for instance, and we're... Um, we've come up with more proactive ways to monitor the aircraft systems and identify uh, not only the problems now, uh, but also what's going to happen next. And uh, that's one thing we found on the the F-111 aging aircraft program. You really need to be looking under the surface what's going to happen next. Um, Aircraft, uh, they're not like cars. If your car breaks down, you just coast it to the side of the road and come back later and pick it up. But... uh, not quite the same with aircraft. You have this little problem with uh, gravity. <laughs> it, it, I'm <laughs> sorry, but uh, I'm, I'm thinking of George Jetson and his parking it uh, up on up on the skyline somewhere. <laughs> Can't do that, huh? No. But we've um, there are a whole lot more challenges we found we just weren't aware of in the past. Uh, for instance, um, an aircraft when it came out, say thirty or forty years ago would have been provided with a, uh, or you'd hope, a pristine set of maintenance manuals from the manufacturer. And that's fine, but how was that manufacturer to know what their aircraft were going to look like, um, how they were going to perform, how they were going to um, be affected by ageing, you know, in 30 years' time? And quite often the manufacturer may not be round anymore. Um, But on the similar line, you've got some of those old publications, uh, you look at some of our maintainers these days, they actually find it hard to understand the verbiage from back then. And uh, some of the terms they don't understand because uh, in some cases the uh, our, our maintainers are not necessarily being trained the same way. So there are, there are plenty of gotchas out there. Interesting. Any Anything that... Um from personal experience, any any stories that you're able to share? I know I'm digging here a little bit, but 
something that you might have run into along the way or be familiar with that, that has happened that can be talked about? Um, we found lots of interesting things. And, and maybe it's... Um, I would bring up here one of the methods we were using with F-111. It's not an instance as such, but one of the ways we used to find some of these problems, and we were using thermography. Uh, we had infrared cameras, and uh, I was talking before about looking beneath the surface, and we were taking images of the various systems of the aircraft in operation in the various modes, and just because we could, just to have a look, because we needed to know what was going on. And we found all sorts of interesting things, like... Um, Hotspots in wiring harnesses, that was a classic. Um, and these turned out to be poorly connected wiring splices. Uh, mm. Once we repaired the wiring, uh, all was well. But this is the sort of scenario, for instance, that gives you uh, those nasty, no-fault found um, situations. Um, you might have an aircraft that's been... Um, declared unserviceable, and of course, once you test it on the ground, uh, you haven't got those extreme temperatures or the vibration, and you can't fault that system. So how many similar situations have you got where, say, wiring problems are giving you um, uh, intermittent faults? But we also found problems with um, you know, hydraulic systems and the location of wiring harnesses, of uh, environmental environmental control systems, you know, the cooling air. Uh, we've found a lot of things you wouldn't have found otherwise. Interesting. dormant, for goodness knows how long. And, and again, I'm, I'm kind of uh, talking without solid knowledge, but in the commercial airline, I'm absolutely familiar with a lot of redundancy uh, in the systems. And they do that, obviously, for safety reasons. I, uh, I don't believe that military equipment uh, has that same level of redundant systems, or, uh, or am I mistaken? Yes. Oh, it does, most definitely, yes. It does have. Um, yes, and that will vary, but I'm thinking of flight control systems where you've got you know, triple redundancy. Okay, so they do they they do have that, which means it's twofold. One is yes, you have redundancy, but then you have three x the the potential for uh, maintenance, calculating what what could be, how it could affect it, uh, and then you're testing one, two, or three different redundant system, parts of the redundancy to to try and make sure that everything's working. Uh, that would and be my possible. assumption. And, and that's right, yes. Uh, another aspect of this, and I know from my attendance at the show, uh, the conference rather, um, there have been discussions about um, the obsolescence of parts, components, systems, and realizing that it takes a while to actually get an aircraft from concept to uh, in production to actually fulfilling all the orders uh, what, what would you say are some of the challenges associated with that 
And we look at some of the aircraft that are flying today, uh, or some of them that are in process of uh, development. The F-35 is one of them. It's been undergoing development now for a long time. It almost seems like it's going to start out with obsolete parts. I think that's very likely, and I can't speak about the F-35 in particular, but I'm aware of other fleets where um, obsolescence has been an issue before the aircraft has even flown. As you say, it takes a long time between concept and actually uh, making out all your design drawings to actually flying the aircraft. There's a lot that happens in between, and a lot of uh, time goes by. So, yes, aircraft, uh, you know, parts become obsolete. Uh, and it's, it's it's quite a problem. Okay. So it, with the obsolescence we've learned and more recently in 2011, as you and I both well know, uh, the U.S. started a um, an in-depth look at the military component supply chain for the maintenance of its fleet, and that I. I think it's it's fair to say that when the U.S. looks at its fleet, it's looking at its fleet as well as its allies' fleets that have been uh, supplied. Uh, so they're, they're really taking into consideration, and you might be able to tell me better if I'm right, but uh, they really do take into consideration at least uh, the aircraft you might have bought from them. Is that fair to say? Or is it just oh, a wishful I, I think, thinking on, on my part? <laughs> no, I, I think that's quite right. And um, all part of the, the cost savings these days, if you like, is um, when these aircraft are built and fleets provided to various countries, I think there's a lot of saving across by using the same um, um, sustainment programs, spare supply chains, um, you know, similar software loads and all sorts of things. So with that, Dion, one of these days I'm going to try and get somebody from the Defense Logistics Agency on on the show with me, and you know, that's that's probably going to be a huge challenge to, to get them authorized to talk to me. But in the meantime, um, would it would it be actually appropriate to assume that the effects of the counterfeit parts in the U.S. military supply chain um, could could actually impact your supplies as well? I think that's a very fair assumption, Stan. Um, it's been a bit hard to prove, and I'm still trying to um, get a feel for how bad the situation is here. If we were to say we don't have a counterfeit problem in Australia, I think that would be rather silly. Um, and indeed, we've had counterfeit parts, or bogus parts as we call them, here you know, for decades. I remember them back in my Air Force days in the 70s and 80s, but of course we're looking at a far worse um, situation here. I think we are somewhat protected um, because a lot of our parts are supplied by the manufacturers, so that if you like they've been pre-screened um, in many cases, not all cases. Um, what worries me a little is that this can lead to you know, complacency. I'm aware, I've spoken to a lot of our organizations here over time, and most of them have stories about counterfeits they've found in their systems. Um, nothing major, 
and they've all been found in a timely manner, which is really good. It's excellent. Um, I would like to feel more confident that, good as our processes may be, that they have uh, evolved to um, cope with the scope of the current global problem. Yeah, I'm still trying to find that out. Yes. Um, obviously, the U.S. spent a fair bit of time thinking that everything was fine before they finally realized that they had a problem. And I'd like to say on behalf of the United States, which might be stretching my authority a whole lot, but that we take extra effort to protect our allies. So the reason you may not see a problem is we're doing a really good job of taking care of you. <laughs> I, I might well, that's, be, go ahead. That's good to know. Yes, well, I might be a little naive in my optimism, but we'll see if anybody responds to this in an email to me or a uh, a follow-up uh, phone call to, to say that I'm not quite accurate. But Well, it's okay. We do feel loved. That's good. I, I appreciate that we're able to do that. So... But counterfeit parts, and I and I know from the work I've done that it is a a serious issue out there, and uh, one that a lot of folks are spending a lot of energy and time, uh, pretty much around the world, trying to address. Uh, listen, we we need to take a short break for radio station identification. Uh, acknowledge our sponsors. So, Richard, if you'll stay with me, and for the audience, uh, please don't go away. We'll be right back. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Secure Components is proud to be the first independent distributor certified to the Department of Defense adopted AS6081 counterfeit avoidance standard. Our clients view us as partners in counterfeit avoidance because we share our source of supply. We have earned their trust to procure electronic and mechanical components specifically when their requirements are obsolete or unavailable from authorized sources. Visit securecomponents.com today to learn why the largest aerospace defense and technology companies in the world partner with Secure Components. AOG, line down, current supplier cannot deliver, then call Secure Components. We specialize in sourcing hard-to-find and highly allocated electronic components, hardware, and military aerospace parts. We can locate and test your items to ensure you're getting authentic parts every time, and we can deliver when you need them. Our supply chain management consists of decades of experience and works with trusted sources to locate your products when you need them most. Go to securecomponents.com and tell us what you need today. The world has changed. You need a trusted supplier that mitigates risk at every stage of manufacturing. C-Trans utilizes provenance marking technologies to provide a unique security solution when addressing the challenges of supply chain security. Item pedigree, brand protection, and theft. In these times of fraud and counterfeiting, customers depend on C-Trans for a higher level of trust and service when it comes to their supply chain needs. Visit our website at ctrends.com for more information. 
Aging Aircraft Australia is a non-profit organization engaged in collaborative responses to sustainment challenges in Australia's fleets, challenges often shared with its U.S. allies. Aging Aircraft Australia runs the annual Aircraft Airworthiness and Sustainment Australia Conference, including its ongoing counterfeit avoidance campaign. More information can be found at www.agingaircraft.com.au forward slash AASC. That's aging with an E. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. This is People to People, working together for your safety. If you have a question or comment about the program, please send an email to Stan at stansalot.com. Again, that's Stan at stansalot.com. Now, back to People to People. Welcome back to People to People, working together for your safety. I'm your host, Stan Salat. Our show today is AA&S Conference Australia. Tackles Counterfeit Parts. AANS is Aging Aircraft and Sustainability, Airworthiness of the uh, Military Fleets, as well as uh, we touch on a bit of the commercial world. As I shared at the beginning of the show, at the top of the show, aircraft and ocean vessels designed for 20 years of use are now over 40 years old and still in active service. Understanding the risk associated with this reality is a full-time job for professionals in the military, commercial, and private uh, sectors. These professionals are faced with everything from obvious aging of the structure to obsolete electronic and hardware components. Making the management task more difficult are those that would try to profit from the sale of counterfeit components. Failure of a critical component in an airline or submarine has a much greater risk than the failure of your uh, of your refrigerator or clothes washer uh, in your home, obviously. Today I have Richard Gauntlet, who is the Director of Aging Aircraft and Sustainability Australia, with me, and we're discussing the various aspects of uh, managing that task in Australia with the Australian fleet of airplanes and sea vessels. And we're touching a little bit on the commercial world as well as I'm going to take just a minute and talk about something I learned when I was down there last year for the conference about the uh, private sector and uh, some of the scariness in the private sector airplanes that were talked about by Actually, um, Richard, you can help me out on this in a minute, but uh, I believe it was a member of the FAA from the U.S. that was there uh, talking about this particular point that I'll bring up in a minute. Uh, Quickly, before we get started, I want to just quickly mention our uh, platinum sponsors, uh, Business and Quality Process Management and Secure Components. Platinum Sponsor has been with us now for uh, since the beginning of the show. Uh, it was since we began this show uh, some months ago, uh, actually over a year ago now. Uh, also, we have bronze sponsors, C-Trends, Concord Components, our good friends in Australia, the Aircraft Airworthiness and Sustainment uh, Conference Group, and Lansdale Semiconductors. 
Uh, without further ado, Richard, uh, I hope you're still out there and uh, we're connected between here in Oregon and down there in Australia. You, you're still with me. I'm still with you. I just had to shout a little louder because it's uh, my voice has to go a long way. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> uh, no fear, though, that that, uh, that unique English accent carries well. <laughs> And we and we don't hold those strange words against you that you call English that we have to think about. Uh, <laughs> That's a separate debate. <laughs> okay. Um, I started talking just briefly. I, I was mentioning my experience last year, and I I apologize. I don't remember the the young lady's name, but there was a woman there from uh, a highly respected woman from, I believe it was the USFAA that had uh, been sharing, she shared with us a number of things that the FAA found in the private sector, thinking now about the smaller two, three, four, six people airplanes, maybe slightly larger than that. Uh, do, do you recall that? I think you may be talking about uh, Beth Gamble, the lady from uh, Textron. She was talking about uh, <sighs> Cessna. Is that, is that who you're thinking of? I think that's who I'm thinking of, yes. I I do apologize. I got her a little bit confused. Um, but she was talking about some of the struts and the um, the connectors that were actually uh, badly corroded um, on aircraft. Is, are we un- talking about the same lady? Uh, yes, most definitely. And I, I'm glad you brought this up, actually, because we were talking about the uh, commercial side just before, and we were only only covered the, the heavy metal, but uh, when you're talking about aging aircraft in general, um, it is a monster issue with the general aviation world. Um, and I can tell you Beth Campbell was a very, very popular speaker. Yes. We have a lot of smaller aircraft out there, you know, the Cessnas and Pipers, uh, and, and and lots more, which uh, I think the average age is around 40 years. Wow. Once again, people can't afford to replace their aircraft, so there are many aging issues associated with that. Well, I you know, I've, I've got my car now for going on 13 years, so uh, the, the cost of a car, the cost of an airplane, you, you really don't want to replace them too often. Uh, that's for sure. So... Um, okay, uh, in this last segment, and, and time flies when you're having fun, and in this case, we're, we're coming up on uh, just the last few minutes of the show here. Um, I'd like to, to take a few minutes, if you would, and talk about the upcoming AANS conference that's going to be uh, held in Australia. Uh, I believe it's the 22nd, 3rd, and 4th. Of July twenty first, uh, the twenty first, twenty second, and twenty third okay. uh, of July, and it's being held in Brisbane, in Queensland, at the Brisbane Convention and Exhibition Centre. Um, you've been doing this a few years now. Uh, yes, the the conference in its earliest form actually was held as a forum for the the F one eleven. But that sort of morphed into a uh, the, the overall conference. It was held originally out of uh, Boeing, but when uh, Boeing closed down their whole AV aircraft program, not just the technical program, but the conference with it, uh, I sort of 
went alone from there, and uh, I do it single-handed now. That's since what 2010, um, on behalf of the the, uh, the community. Well, as 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 we talk about this last uh, during this last segment, um, we can expand on that and say that we're 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 finding ways to support your efforts. Uh, we'll, we'll bring those up in a minute here, or a couple of minutes. But uh, yeah, it's fantastic that you've been able to keep this going and uh, keep industry and particularly the military engaged in uh, the the issues surrounding aging aircraft and sustainability well it's a passion and it's something i can do as i as i age even though i'm only just a little bit more than 29 as you said yes uh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah predicting predicting how we age as as human beings is probably just about as difficult as uh, predicting the the aging of aircraft at this point so I'm not sure which is more challenging anymore. Well, I now know how the aircraft feel, put it that way. <laughs> okay, that works. <laughs> okay, so the conference is in Brisbane, and I'm learning to say Brisbane, not Brisbane. Uh, so, so it is in Brisbane, right? Well done. Yes, yes it is. Okay. Uh, my, my Australian is coming through. And that's the July 21st, 22nd, and 23rd of this year. So everybody listening, uh, you know, United has a flight down there. So does, uh, what's the Australian airline? <laughs> um, well, we have Qantas and Virgin. Qantas. And, yeah, okay. So there, there's a number of airlines. And we can find information about the conference at uh, what website? All right. So it's www dot aircraft dot com dot au forward slash aasc and remember that aging has an e yes that that Let's tricky that future debate yeah that that tricky part of the uh, the other English speaking folks uh, no not only do you speak differently but you like to write differently too. So okay, I'll I'll stop kidding you about that part of it. Um, so the topics covered uh, are related to aging, aircraft, and sustainability. Um, yes, and we have various panels running. Um, one, of course, on the counterfeits, as you know. Uh, there's. One, we've got a couple of military panels, um, which involves the, a lot of the, the military leaders and what's happening in their fleets. One is the chief engineer's view, and one is the, uh, the, 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 the management side, the directors of the various system program offices. We have a number of, um, we have academic papers. We have uh, presentations on um, the structures, uh, software this time. What else do we have? So there's pretty broad coverage. We try and cover every aspect um, as much as we can, but it depends on the papers that come in. But we have a really good agenda this year, and that can be seen online on the website. Okay. Uh, and again, that's agingaircraft.com.au forward slash AASC. Okay. 
And your comment about uh, some of the folks that are coming down, I would like to uh, comment here that uh, Australia is part of the uh, Avoid Counterfeit and Hazardous Substance Safe Coalition. One of the things, and I thank you very much, Richard, for your involvement in this as well, uh, the coalition that is now made up of uh, the U.S., uh, Taiwan, China, and Australia. I'm extremely excited. This will actually be our first uh, gathering of the countries together as a coalition addressing these uh, critical factors of life, again, that being the uh, counterfeit and the hazardous substance activities that are going on in the world. And I'd like to thank you too, Stan, for including us because it is very much a global problem and we, we need to be working together. It's something that takes a team, and uh, I'm excited that the, the team is coming together. I'm extremely excited that we've got uh, a semi-government organization out of China involved in this and look forward to seeing some very dynamic things done in the hazardous substance safe and the avoiding counterfeits. Uh, with the work they're doing and the certification programs and and everything that's coming together on that. Richard, I hate to say it, but we're down to uh, just a few minutes left, so I'm going to uh, give you about 30 seconds to uh, make any closing comments before I take it away and thank our sponsors and do my my acknowledgments here. Well, I'd certainly like to say thank you once again, uh, Stan, for having me on the show. Um, yes, our conference is coming up. We hold it every year, um, and hopefully we can uh, uh, use it to give back to the community. And I'm certainly looking forward to uh, your coming. Once again, this is your third year, I believe. Yes, it is. And to uh, having our panel, and uh, which covers the, uh, the global response to um, uh, counterfeits and hazardous substances. So uh, thanks once again, Stan. Thank you, Richard. People to People, Working Together for Your Safety is dedicated to bringing people together to share knowledge and create a safer environment for us all. If you have a question, agree, or disagree with the information we're sharing, send me an email with your comments or questions to stan at stansalot.com. Again, that's stan at stansalot.com. You can also find me on Twitter at stansalotjr. The JR stands for Junior, so its Twitter account is at StanSalotJR. Our sponsors are uh, Platinum Sponsors. Just quickly, once again, we couldn't be here without Business and Quality Process Management, LLC, Secure Components, LLC, C-Trends, Supply Chain Specialist, Concord Components, Incorporated, Aircraft Airworthiness and Sustainment Conference down under in the Australian world and Lansdale Semiconductor here in the U.S. I'd like to uh, take a moment and recognize our supporting staff that make it all work at Voice America. We have Brandy Jackson, General Manager, Robert Cellino, Executive Producer, Randy Jackman, Production Manager, and Jeffrey Gerstel, Director of Host Services. 
I also would like to recognize uh, the direct people from people to people itself and the people that uh, do an awful lot to support me. That's Christina Clark, people to people administration coordinator, and Yulia Coach, coach branding and people to people production manager. As I sign off today, I'd like to thank you for joining me on People to People, working together for your safety. Remember, change only happens when people come together and work together. Your help in the fight against the proliferation of hazardous substances and counterfeiting of consumer products could save a life. Until next week, I'm your host, Dan Slott, wishing you a safe and healthy life. Thank you for listening. Please join host Stan Salat for next week's edition of People to People, working together for your safety. We'll have another show next Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a safe, toxic, and counterfeit-free week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network its staff and management.